Welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that is currently out and about in the world around us. My name is Old Man Morn, and this podcast explores... The, the, the idea that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just so many great games that we can be playing with our friends, with our family, with ourselves even these days, um, that we can put down on the tabletop. It can be hard to know where to spend our time, our dollars, our effort. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day and so many dollars we can spend on toy soldiers before... <laughs> <clears throat> Real life gets in the way. And, uh, you know, I, for one, often feel like, you know, I don't want to miss out on something good. And so this podcast really does get into um, industry events and the games that I and uh, my guests are playing and enjoying. Uh, and hopefully you will find something in there that you enjoy too. Now, I had a good man on recently, a man who uh, I've been following online for quite a while, whose blog I'd been reading, and um, that was Jason, of course, from the Dr. Mercury blog, and I've really, I, we, I, I just really enjoyed that chat, and uh, there's another gentleman from the same group whose work, uh, whose blog I also follow, and who's been or who's been playing a game that I've been looking at for quite a while, and I thought it would be an excellent opportunity to get another prolific blogger, a man who's sort of all over the forums, especially those for uh, the games that I'm really interested in. Now, you might know him as Brummy from the Brummy's Wargaming blog, but I know him as Simon Quentin. Simon, welcome to Cast Ice. Thank you for having me. Mate, it is fantastic having you on. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you very much. It's good to, uh, to actually uh, to speak to you in person than uh, just chatting on, on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly, man. Now, uh, you are a man, just to uh, to throw a few things out there so our listeners have an idea, you're a man with a, a blog that's been around for quite a while. Before we get too far in, why don't you plug your blog, and we'll do it again at the end. Um, where can people see your yeah. work? Yeah, basically all my work's on brummieswargamingblog.blogspot.com. And that's B R. That's B R U M M I E S. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And what can people find there? Um, anything from spy-fi to fantasy to zombies. I cover a wide variety of, of, of genres on there. Nice. Well, let's um let's get into a little bit of your background because um you are like I have a sort of a wide span of interests from GI Joe to James Bond to you know sort of niche 80s 70s television shows um get tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, basically wargaming wise um my main background goes back to the 90s and you know the heyday of, of games workshop games. Mhm. So you've got Mano War, Mano War um, you know, Warhammer Quest. Oh, yeah. Ne Necromunda. Mm -hmm. All those sort of games. And that was like my main sort of games. They you know, were playing games at high school, a games club. Mm -hmm. um, stems back, back to them. You know, classics like Hero Quest. Those are all great games. So games workshop for me, really. When I was a kid, it was the only sort of sort of gaming outlet. There wasn't mm. many magazines or anything like that. So, so the stores ideally was the places that to go to to you know get products. Mm -hmm. And those shops had good culture in them too. I mean, uh, I've worked in and out of those shops, and man, there's so many times when 
Um, there wasn't a local friendly gaming shop that covered generic games. Um, and the only place you could get some good hobby chat would be the Games Workshop stores. And the UK in particular, man, for a while, they were everywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, very much so. I mean, I mean, for me, there, I think there was probably like three or four local stores that were all, but they, they were all Games Workshop. Yeah, there you um, go. the only sort of place where 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 you found all the all the hobby stuff was probably like a Virgin Mega Store, mm-hmm. and they had like a a small hobby section, but it was all mostly like RPG books, mm-hmm. which really to me then I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, I stuck to what stuck to stuck stuck to mainstream Games Workshop stuff really. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so did you continue all the way through with Games Workshop or did you do yeah. No? No, it's mostly Games Workshop stuff until like the sort of the late nineties and then as I've become a young adult, you know, things change, you start meeting women, mm-hmm. going out drinking. And then uh, of course there's the you know, the the, the the computer games, consoles and stuff became a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had, I had a bit of a hobby gap for about 10 years. Yep. And then um, my first child came along and the time for game, when computer gaming became very, very small. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided to go back to, to tabletop gaming. And at first, just really collecting a few figures and just painting just for relaxation. Mm-hmm. There's something that you could be, just pick up and, and, and do when and whatever, mm-hmm. really. And of course, you know, the slippery slope is, oh, I'll just buy one figure mm-hmm. and then it's 10 <laughs> and yeah. so on. <laughs> and so on. Yep. It does uh, it does get to be like that. And looking at your blog, uh, I can imagine that your collection is uh, large. Um, it, it is and it isn't. I sort of tend to have, I, I sort of have mainstream projects, which is like sort of post-apocalyptic and zombies in general. And then I have all the other sort of game systems that come and float in and out. But mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll, I'll have a collection, I'll play it for a while. And then it, when that sort of gets quiet or, you know, or I don't play it, I'll sell it on mm-hmm. and then try something else for a bit just, just to keep things fresh. I hear you. I hear you. So what was the first game or what were the first figs that you got into when you uh, made your uh, the grand foray back into uh, tabletop uh, miniature games? They were mostly Copplestone Castings, Future Wars. So I think I got some, um, I think it was bikers mm-hmm. and some uh, various armed civilians. That was because there, there was a local store in Birmingham called Wayland's Forge. And uh, they stocked quite a wide variety of sort of what I would call um, retro, well, not, not retro is the wrong word, um, indie type gaming, you know, mm-hmm. non games workshop games. So, you know, it was good to go in, into that store then, having, having found it on the internet and um, having a good explore and a good, and having, having a good rummage because they have, you know, they, they must have been open for a, for a good while, but, you know, never heard of them. And they've got quite an extensive sort of range of war games, RPGs, mm-hmm. and, you know, they've got, you know, a lot of the, the main manufacturers, you know, North Star was one of their main stockists. So, obviously, they've got all his products in there nice so you've got a good a good choice yeah man there's nothing like walking into a good well-stocked game store for the first time and it being like christmas and just being like yes and then you go and look and oh, there's just so many little treasures you can find um the internet sort of has over the years sort of di- you know dulled that down for me a little bit because you're like oh i've seen that i know where i can get that or uh, yeah you know. but 
you know, especially younger on when you walk in that store for the first time and you find stuff that you didn't even know existed and you go, Oh hell yeah, Yeah, I'm getting that now. Um, I do love that. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, there's because I travel. I'm a mobile engineer, so I travel about a fair mm. bit for work. And uh, it's always good to have. A, if I'm going to be somewhere for a, a day or something like doing a project, it's always useful to have a little rummage around and have a chat around, see if there's any any gaming stores mm. nearby. And then uh, while I'm on my lunch, I'll go and have an explore because there's, you know, some of them have websites, but a lot of them don't even don't even have listed what's actually in the store. Mm-hmm. And then there's a fantastic one in, in Burton on Trent called Spirit Games, and they've got so much old cool out of production stuff in on in store that it's you know it's just nice to go and have a look and think wow i've, I've been after one of them for ages because they, they, they just have it on the shelf but it's not listed anywhere yeah yeah man uh, i took my wife to back to boston um for the first time you know years like six years ago and um we went my wife's you know, first thing she wanted to when we go to Boston, like there was the short list of things she had to do. And um, at the bottom of the list, if there was time, was the Salem Witch Museum. Because, you know, you know, she was she, you know, she likes Cthulhu and all that stuff. And she was like, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. And um, of course, I, you know, I did that as a kid as part of school trips, a, you know, half a dozen times. And so I was like, all right, all right, all right I'll take you in. But, um, you know, walking out, sure enough, what's, you know, a couple blocks down driving by oh there's a game store ah maybe we should stop there for a minute um and poked my head in and there was a third edition warhammer 40k core game in the bubble wrap or uh, like in shrink wrap on the shelf and this and the staff i was like oh wow i how much are you guys selling that for and the guy tried to look it up online and was trying to quote current box prices and i was like um, wow. did you look at the date on the back of that box? He went, Oh, I don't know. I was like, look, I don't, I'm not going to buy this. I'm just telling you, you may want to put that on eBay or put it in a display case. Cause that's something special. Yeah. I think one of the things was, um, there was like a, like a, a Chinese, um, sort of like gangster mythology. I can't think of the name now mm. off the top of my head. But um, they, were, they went long out of production, but this this store, Spirit Games, they've got all sorts of things like that. And, you know, and a lot of the old resin vehicles that mm-hmm. they had from um, like Grenadier, they had like loads of those sort of on the shelf. I know, I'd never seen them before. And I was like, I had to sort of go on and they're, and they're all on the, the Lost Minis website. You know, you, know you, can't, you can't buy them no more. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Oh, I, I do love a good treasure hunt. Yeah. Right on. All right. So you, you got into that. Um, and looking at your blog, you played a lot of games. Is that all sort of internet, like interest driven or is it, um, you've mentioned a club when we've talked before, is this, are, are you playing a lot of games in clubs? Do you have a, a bunch of mates you play? Are you a garage player? Tell us a little bit more about uh, yeah, your background. I'm, I'm yeah. Probably, I'm, I'm more of a sort of a probably a garage player. I've got a couple of friends that we meet up now and again um, at a mm-hmm. club to play. Um, and I've got a friend called Leon Mallet, um, who's also a blogger. And we sort of meet up regularly and play each other's games at our houses and stuff. Nice. Um, I played I played Batman for a good while, sort of as a tournament player. But um, that mm-hmm. sort of we got fed up fed up of that and, and changed that. Some another game system that that moved on. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at the second edition of that? Because I've heard good things, but I have yet to play it. 
Uh, no, I think for me it was the game was quite difficult to learn because it, originally it's a Spanish game that's yeah. it was translated to English, and um, learning it all in centimeters and and things like that was yeah. was quite a hard game thing to do. And then there they changed it all to inches and changed a lot of the rules. And I think there's 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 a lot of change that it, I just I couldn't yeah be bothered to invest the time really to yeah, to, totally. to, learn, to sort of relearn and change everything. So uh, you know it, it went. And plus, one of my local stores where they used to hold the tournaments um, closed down. So yeah. that was another 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 nail in the coffin of that game, unfortunately. Yeah, I hear that. But um, you do like your zombie games, though. So, uh, do you have a particular favorite rule set? Are you um, are you into the Mantic uh, games, or I, I'm really enjoying the Mantic games at the moment. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the comics anyway and the TV mm. series. Um, but I've, as, as a rule, I like I like zombies in general. Mm. So yeah, I like all the old classic. You know, Day of the Dead, all those mm-hmm. those sort of old zombie, eighty zombies films. Um, but it's one of them gaming systems where I, there's lots of rule sets for it, but I've never quite found the one mm-hmm. that that does it for me. Um, the Mantic one's really good. The, the AI that they have for the zombies um, is is quite a good system, and I'm I'm, in, I'm enjoying that at the moment. So it's uh, I'm still building stuff up for it. So, and that's the actual licensed Walking Dead miniatures game right yeah that's the one yeah the, the licensed one now you were telling me about a, a walking dead dungeon crawler game that's about to come out can you tell us about that because you sent me the link and it yeah. looks cool but you would know way more about it than i do okay so yeah so, the, so at the moment the walking dead game it's like a, a small scale skirmish game you play on like a, a 20 inch square sort of map for most sort of scenarios mm-hmm. but what they're sort of doing they're, they're beginning to expand the game and then what's coming out, I think it's, it's on pre-order at the moment, but next month it comes, it's released. It's a, a game called Here's Negan. Mm-hmm. And basically the Negan's the, sort of one of the, one of the, the bad guys that, um, that Rick comes across. And in this particular, it's like a, it's like a board game where he's, um, he lives in like a, a, a old factory called um, The Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And this game is basically like a, a small dungeon crawler where him and he's sort of his early gang lieutenants are clearing the sanctuary out and making it secure as, as a base of operations. Right. And uh, so basically it's, it's him. But you can't actually, it's got, it's got some really cool mechanics, basically, Negan. You can't play as him as such. Mm. But you have to, he's like um, an AI-driven character. Oh, nice. And you have to sort of, you have to fight for his approval. So either he, he supports you if you're doing, you know, doing as you're told and doing good. And if you're not doing good, then he obviously punishes you. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how the mechanics play out for that. That sounds quite cool. And this is the character that famously um, is played by, and I can't think of the actor's name all of a sudden. I just had it on the tip of my tongue, um, who played the comedian from Watchmen, um, who in all the memes is standing around smiling with a blood-covered baseball bat. He does not sound like the guy that you want to get on the wrong side of. No, indeed. I think it's Jeffrey yes. Dean Morgan. Correct. That's the one. Yeah, that's him. Yep. Yeah. yeah I, I think. I mean, I, I, for me, it was the, the TV series came first. So like, he's my sort of like first sort of introduction to him. But I've, I've recently sort of picked up a lot of the comics and started reading them. But he, he does play his character quite well. I feel. Nice. Well, he does do the smiling assassin extraordinarily well, um, as seen yeah, by the comedian. Even, yeah. Even down to his. Um, even down to his like um, the way he sort of 
speaks and his attitude and everything's all for me it's it's spot on for the for the for the actual comic character nice nice okay so but in this game you are trying to clear zombies out room by room and um gain his approval as you go is it a competition or is it a game where you work with the other players or is it solo how does that work i've i've I've, there's not been much about it so far i think they've they've recently started doing some blog posts on the mantic site but there's not been no mention of it it's it's, it's, but i think it's a game based on one to five players so you 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 sort of have a loot you pick one of his lieutenants Mm. and and you play as that character nice I, i suppose you can i suppose you can probably work together um or you can you know, back to do a bit of backstabbing, or so on. Yeah, uh, you would have to in a game like that, but you would think there yeah, would definitely. be some uh, some cooperative play as well. Uh, I, I'm just it's one of the things I'm really enjoying about um, researching a lot of these. You know, maybe not the Games Workshop big games or even games. Um, I mean, some of Warlord's games um, or other companies that are, you know, smaller than GW, but are still big game companies. Um, There just seems to be a wonderful trend in gaming right now where games are coming out where you can play cooperatively um, or you can play solo um, for people who may be time poor and and have trouble getting together with other people. Um, It's just really exciting because, you know, some of the, the old games, I mean, Steve Jackson had Ogre and Ogre had a solo mode for from memory that you could play by yourself. Um, and I know there's been other games where you can play by yourself, but oh, it's always that balance of finding a good AI system. Um, and as you were saying with The Walking Dead, um, that allows you to play cooperatively with other people um, or, you know, against, uh, or sorry, by yourself even, which I think is really cool. And it's one of the reasons why I recently picked up the Fallout um, Wasteland Warfare game. I mean, I'm a big Fallout fan anyway, but just the, I mean, just that ability to sort of go loot some settlement, you know, loot some old blown out buildings by yourself and have the, um, have an actual AI system where depending on how things are going and what's going on, the, the, the things that you run into adapt and each one has sort of their own personality. Um, so it's not just one size fits all and it's not just running straight at you every single time. I think that's really exciting for gaming. I have yet to get it on the tabletop. I think that's going to be a Christmas adventure, but um, I just, I think it's really a, a nice trend and I'm glad it's happening. Um, are you finding that as well? Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, there's a, I think there's a, a fantasy game that's come out by um, the guy behind Frostgrave called Rangers of it's like a Rangers of Shadows game or something oh. like that. Um, and that's that, and that's based at sort of like a, a ranger in his war band, like you know, a few mm-hmm. few fellows um, going against like various monsters and stuff. That that's also and that's more solo play than than actual, you know, player versus player like Frostgrave is. Oh, that's cool. So you know that that's just the yeah, it does sound quite cool. I've got to keep in to pick it up and have a read. Um, they, it does sound quite cool. Is that an Osprey game? I am not so sure. I think it's just the, the Game Boy Joseph himself, because I, I don't think there's actually a physical book as such. I think it's just an, an online PDF you can get. Nice. Um, it's, I think it's remember it's Rangers of Shadow Deep. I think it's called. Nice. All right. I'll um, I'm assuming it's on. Yeah. Have a look at that. Yeah, definitely have a look at that because I got a bunch of fantasy models. I'd love to do something with, and 
you know, especially if it's, you know, something solo or something I can play, you know, maybe collaboratively with a friend. That sounds cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm on the, there's a Facebook group and uh, I think, you, you know, there's, there's been some lists produced of, you know, what sort of monsters you need. And, you know, it's things like spiders and orcs and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, um, you know, you can, it's, I think it's aimed at, you know, you, you choose your ranger and then you get so many, I don't know, coins or whatever to sort of recruit a warband or, or, or upgrade your character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like, it's like campaign based. So, you know, you, you go out and you, you do scenarios and then whatever occurs, you know, you can Im- improve your warband or you can lose characters or, or whatever. So it, it sounds quite, it could be cool. Yeah. But yeah, likewise, I've, I've got some, some fantasy figures that I've got just because I like the look of them, mm-hmm. but I don't really have a game system for them as, as such. Yeah. Yeah, I have a pile of old Warhammer fantasy stuff that I keep meaning to like, oh, I should play some Age of Sigmar with this or maybe some Kings of War, but you know, I end up having to paint another 50 models and then rebase them all and you go, Ugh, do I have to? Yeah. And uh, I know Warlord's yeah. coming out with, um, there's going to be a rule set coming out, uh, I believe now in 2019, um, Rick Priestley's run it, writing um, like a skirmishy kind of game. I think it's bigger than skirmish though. I think it's like 50-ish models um, and it's it's kind of bolt action-y, kind of Gates of Antares-y mechanically so i'm inclined to like it already because i really like those mechanics but um it's fantasy so that okay yeah i'm i'm I'm, there hasn't been a lot of information about it going out um but i know it's being worked on heavily behind closed doors um so i'm really yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing what that happens because you know rick Priestley, gotta love it so the man doesn't really do. Yeah, that's one thing that's bad game for me. I struggle. For me, I struggle to um, to paint large quantities of samey figures. So I mean, I yeah. suppose with fantasy games, I suppose you've got a bit of leeway between sort of regiments and units. But mm-hmm. I've I've tried several times to sort of get into bolt action. But for me, I can collect the figures and I can you know the material's great, but I just can't get bring myself to paint the uniforms and you know the camouflage patterns. It just Oh, it just kills me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, clearly I've been playing bolt action for a long time and I have a lot of armies. Um, that is largely to do with friends that have helped me paint. Um, Warlord Tobu and Patch have helped me paint um, a large number of my armies because I'm a criminally slow painter. Um, but, oh God, I, I, I've been talking about this recently with friends. Um, the Mouth of Madness got married recently for uh, fans of the show, uh, and um, we all wish him and his new bride well. They are, of course, old friends, and um, we were at the wedding, and it was wonderful. But at the wedding, we were talking with um, Dave of War and Warlord Tobu himself of the old LRDG fame, and one of the things we were talking about was, I just don't know if any of us have it in us at the moment um, or anymore to paint an entire army again. I just... I've done it so many times and work is killing me. I, I just don't think I can do it. Um, so I'm being increasingly drawn to games like Fallout where it's, you know, you don't need that many models. Um, you know, the 7 TV, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, even the Star Wars Legion game requires half as many models as bolt action and bolt action requires half as many models as you might need for Warhammer 40K. 
And that, of course, maybe requires half as many as you might need for Ava Sigmar. So you just, and then that is half as many as you'd need for Kings of War. So all these games that I'd love to play and are interesting and look great, I just don't think I can paint an army for them. Um, so, you know, smaller games like Gaslands, so good. What do you need? Three Hot Wheels cars. I can paint that. Um, and, you know, most people can paint that in a night. Might take me a week, but I'm happy with them. Um, yeah, I just, is that ring with you? Yeah, it's just pretty much the same. I mean, it's, it's very, you know, I've got a family, you know, work's busy, yeah. you know, so I've got to have limited time to do things. So, you know, I can bang five, ten figures out probably in a week sometimes. Yeah. Um, but then the week after, I won't have no time at all. So it's, for me, it's, yeah, it's everything's time orientated these days. I mean, recently, I, I like I like making terrain, mm-hmm. but I hate painting it because it takes so long. Yes. Um, and and you know, I had a friend who who makes he just he makes terrain and paints. He's really good and really quick at it. And you know, recently I picked up some 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 pre-made stuff by him just because it was it looked great. And I I was in the market looking for some some ruins, mm-hmm. and it was spot on at the time. But uh, you know, if I'd have been making them myself, it probably would have took me about six months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to, uh, yeah, with I have a lot of terrain, especially for bolt action um, and some for Legion, some other things that I sort of mix and match and work in between. So, you know, a few desert tables, a few, you know, uh, winter tables um, and some generic green tables and things that you can mix and, mix and match out. But it's always been here's one table of terrain that I've fought and tooth and nail to get up to. And then I'll add a piece to it for this event. And I'll add a piece to it for that event. And maybe I'll add two pieces the event after every time I run something. And by doing so, over the years, I've accumulated enough to finally bulk out to start buying extra mats. So all of a sudden I have more tables. But God, sitting down to paint an entire table's worth of terrain, especially on a four by six, just shoot me. I just can't do it. I did. Yeah. Ooh, it's not good. But um, all yeah, right. I mean, I've got, yeah. I've got some, Go I've got some trees somewhere that I think I bought about three years ago, and they're still sitting in their bags. They just need, they need basing and the sort of the trunks painting. I got a lock, a big batch load from China, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're just, they're just sitting there waiting. Sunday. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sunday. I have a, a pack of those. Um, Battlefield in a box by Gale Force Nine. They did um, some palm trees in a in a box, and the, you know it. They give you the the kidney shape that you can put them on, and then little stands that you plug the palm trees into. And the palm trees themselves, though, have these long plugs that go into. They get drilled into the stands, and the stands themselves are very short. So it's literally a matter of cutting, like cutting a pair, snipping them, sticking them in, probably gluing them. And then setting them outside so the super glue doesn't cloud up. I have yet to do that in six months. And I'm just going, I cannot <laughs> bring myself to do this. Um, and it's really embarrassing at this point. And I just talked about it on the podcast. And so now people know. And I've shamed myself. And I'll probably do it in the next week. But, you know, I, I just, just don't want to do it. I, want, I have other things I could be doing with my time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. For me, I'd much rather be painting figures. Right on. Well, hey, let's let's talk shop, man, because uh, I've had you on specifically a because you know I wanted to. I know that we have a lot of similar interests, gaming wise, as we've clearly been talking this yeah. whole time. But I wanted to talk to you about one game in particular, something that you've played a lot more than me. So 
Let's talk 7TV. Now, I am holding the core game in my grubby little paws, and I'm going to read you the blurb nice. off the back, and let's, uh, let's get stuck into it. So sort of the, uh, the little blurb on the back says, 7TV, second edition, inch high, uh, it's an inch high spy-fi, wargaming in the world of cult TV. 7TV is a tabletop miniatures war game inspired by the action and science fiction television shows of the 60s and 70s, and I'm adding, and 80s. Uh, create a cast, choose your special effects, and direct your, o- your own cult TV, uh, sorry, classic TV moments. Just make sure you do it all in three acts and end on a cliffhanger. So put the kettle on and tune into 7TV and action. So I, I was a, I was a communications major in university. Um, what I studied more than anything else in university was critical analysis of the media, particularly television. It was my my specialty, um, and my sort of my side major part of my major. So the minor within my major uh, ended up being what I ended up using a lot more, which was um, persuasive devices in media and how to implement them and use them and identify them. And, you know, I use that as a salesman for Games Workshop, but then I use it as a primary school teacher now. So you could say I'm using my powers for good instead of evil. I don't know. Anyway, I've always been incredibly interested in just how television is made and how uh, television you know, how, how shows are put together and the decisions that are made behind them. Whenever I'm watching things with my wife, I'm always looking at IMDb after it ends so I can get all the little goofs and the trivia and see, you know, oh, who else was considered for this? Or what are some of the fun facts behind this show? It's always interested me, especially 80s television shows. Um, and so when this game, I mean, I've been looking at the models made by Crooked Dice for a long time, and I've, you know, they're fantastic. And the paint jobs on the model yeah. are so good. Um, and I know that isn't what you should look at when you're buying models. You should look at the models themselves. But the models themselves really lend themselves to a good paint job, um, having seen several. Yeah, they're in, gorgeous. Right? And so I've been looking at uh, Crooked Dice for quite a while, but it own, the game itself, that all these models that I've been looking at and loving and not buying because I was like, oh, I don't really have a way of using those. I won't buy those. Never occurred to me to pick up the stupid rules themselves. I don't know what's wrong with me, but they <laughs> they look great. Um, well, from what I'm talking about, um, from man who knows way more than I do, am I sort of selling the game in the right direction? T- tell us a little bit more about the game from your experience. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the box blurb sort of to me doesn't do the game justice. It's, I mean, it's 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 the rough idea of the game, but you know, for me, seven TV, um, you're not sort of tied in to, to playing the game a certain way. So you you know, if you've got a favourite TV show like I don't know, The Avengers, mm-hmm. or you know, um, The Man from Uncle, or you know, or obviously the, the main one, James Bond, mm-hmm. um, you know. You can recreate those those iconic sort of film moments by by using this game. You know, it gives you the, the sort of sandbox tools and 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 sort of characters to use Absolutely. to create those iconic stuff. Yeah, as you say, it's sort of the the blueprint. Um, as you put it, the, I think the sandbox to play in. They give you. I mean, you have a protagonist. You have your heroic protagonist, and there are several different. 
um, main characters that you can sort of choose from. And then you add sort of co-stars and minions or, sorry, um, extras. So if you really do think about it as a television show and how it's cast and put together, you can actually apply the rule set to almost any a television show that you're interested in. Um, what really sold me on the game was um, they've recently done a Kickstarter for their post-apocalyptic rules. And um, a friend, yeah. know, knowing how much I loved V, um, as in the final battle, uh, V Visitors from the 80s um, with Michael Ironside and Mark Singer, I loved that show. And Part of their Kickstarter was they had a stretch goal for the models for the visitors. And I went, wait, you can play as the visitors in this game? How do I, like, uh, tell me more. And, yeah. and in doing so, I discovered there's an expansion for Star Wars. So there's um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I mean, you can play new turtles or old turtles, like the old turtles that swore and yeah. were in black and white so, and had red bandanas. All that stuff. Yeah, it's the, a lot of those. I think the, the Star Wars guide and the and the Teenage Mutant Human Hero Turtles ones. I think they're, they're fan made ones that have mm-hmm. been sort of like touched up by the guys behind it. Mm. And I mean, they're available for free. They're available for free as well. Yeah. Um. You know, but it, it, that just goes to show. You know, even cartoon series. You know, anything you can sort Scooby-Doo. of think of. Yeah. Yeah, Scooby Doo. Yeah. You know, you can you can sort of like play this game and and throw those models down on the table and, and get a good game. Yeah, and the company itself makes models for the A-Team, makes models for Ghostbusters, makes models for, I mean, you name it, all, James Bond, a bunch of different villains. Of course, yeah. was that Thunderbirds, um, uh, Captain Scarlet, like all of these shows. Yeah, Captain Scarlet. You just look at uh, Doctor Who. You're looking at these models going, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. Of course, they can't call them those yeah. things. But when you look at it, it's immediately recognizable of, that's my childhood. That's my childhood. That's my childhood. Yeah. Right in the feels. Give me that nostalgic hit. And um, Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's just, it's wonderful for that. Um, and they just have such a wide variety of archetypes for... Um, models that you can build your cast into that you can i of course i've been looking at it um because i'm you know a, a bond sorry a uh, a gi joe fanatic immediately went can i use gi joe for this and of course you can um and you yeah. yourself have been um can you talk about what it's like to apply this game for something to something like gi joe for example where it isn't one of the recommended shows there hasn't been a guide for it and yet it's. It looks like when you've been doing it, it's been pretty easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for each new sort of like program guide that comes out for the game, you, they are obviously more character archetypes get added, so you get more stars, more co-stars, different different extras, and you know every every sort of addition that you get gives you more choice. So when when I started doing my own GI Joe projects and I sort of started looking into it, I was able to go through like three or four. Besides the core set, um, you know, character profiles and pick, you know, profiles that, that would fit, you know, the, the, you know, the very varied characters that are in G.I. Joe and Cobra. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love think, how you know, Jason, I love how there's actually um, rules to not only are there a ton of different character archetypes that you can be like, oh, look, Dr. Mindbender, he's the mad scientist cool cobra commander the um insane industrialist or the criminal master or sorry the 
the the big mastermind. I'm forgetting the names of the characters yeah. right now. Um, so you can go. Um, you know, Major Blood is the um, the ruthless henchman. I can't think of the name of them. You would know these names. Yeah, there's there's Jack Jack yeah, Jack Booted Scientist or something like. That. Yeah. So, but if you feel like things don't match, there are actually rules to adapt the profiles for these things. So, oh, that guy yeah, doesn't have the right gun, switch it. Um, the guy's a little tougher, switch it. Guy isn't as tough, switch it. Guy's a big, uh, you need to add a special rule to reflect or get rid of one, no problem. Here are the rules to do it. It's just a really nice system for that. Yeah, yeah, indeed, it's brilliant. And, um, uh, yeah, and, and one of the cool things is that they've even got their own car designer on their website. Mm. So, you know, rather than having to sort of write on your own card or, or have a separate piece of paper, you can actually just go on their website and you can even upload photos. So you can, you know, if you can, you can download all that cool GI Joe art oh, yeah. and, you know, create a, full, create a full set of cards, which is, which is on, on the list of things for me to do yeah. at some point. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know, the core box and everything else you can just pull the pull it and, and play a game i gotta say if uh if i i haven't been collecting photos for those cards um on my phone or anything he says having collected photos <laughs> for those cards on his phone yeah yeah man it's gonna be i it's, it's one of those school holiday projects that i'm definitely gonna have to do all right. Well, Simon, let's talk about the rules a little bit here. So clearly the, the rule set can be adapted, as we said, to a lot of different um, sort of shows, themes, um, genres. You can play horror. You can play, you know, as you said, cartoons. You can play Scooby-Doo. It's amazing. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the game itself. So the game is broken into... Instead of turns, it's broken into acts, and there's three acts, and there's a certain number of events that happened in each act. So as the, as the quote-unquote show progresses, or as your game that you're playing with your opponent progresses, you can watch the cards um, that sort of for each turn tick down, and so you can watch your time running out, um, and you have to yeah. accomplish certain things in that time. Can you talk to us more about that? Yeah, so I mean, so basically, you have like an episode which is a, a scenario, um, and it can be anything from protect the VIP, or mm -hmm. you know, you have to get your 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 cast has to get off the opposing cast's table edge, mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of different scenarios. And basically, the, the, the countdown deck uh, is is sort of is broken into sort of three phases. Mm -hmm. So Act One. Um, those sort of event cards that are randomly generated, you know, picked at the beginning, are more, more focused on sort of movement or hindering your opponent's movement. Mm -hmm. And then Act Two becomes sort of more, more sort of action and, and sort of combat orientated. And then when you get into the, the finale phase, then you start getting the explosions and very random, chaotic things happening. You know, as as you do in a movie, mm -hmm. you know, you get towards the, that that common of, of that, that episode and you know it gets all exciting and that, that's how the, the sort of the sort of the, the countdown card deck works now how many cards are there sort of in general versus how many you need for a game is there a good variety or do you end up playing sort of do you see the same things popping up over and over again um sometimes but i think it, it depends on how because i think the way the way it works is you, you you choose a countdown deck according to how 
pinky tables. So on average, I think most most games we play are like on a three by three table, um, and I think that's eight, eighteen cards. So that's six from Act One, six from Act Two, and then six finale cards. Got it. But you know that can you can yeah I, th- I think there's I think there's fifteen for each act, so you you get forty five cards in total. Nice. So you've got a good good, good variety really. That's cool. And so you, and that was one of my next questions when you are playing this game, I mean, you can play it. I've seen it played on larger tables, but, um, from what I've seen, most people tend to play it on three by three. Is that right? Um, it, it, that's just my personal preference. Just, that's just what I'm restricted to sort okay. of size wise. Um, but you know, we, 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 we've been to a couple of sort of seven TV days mm-hmm. and we, we sort of like play two or three games throughout the day. And I think that that three by three just fills that hour and a half, two hour slot nicely. Nice. So you know, obviously, the bigger the game, the the longer it takes. Nice. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. Um, all right. And so, when you are playing these games, um, I mean, I've seen a variety of missions, and so what I get from this game is it's less of a maybe a, a, a straight up punch you in the face uh, war game and more of a um, sort of resource management, trying to accomplish a goal um, while your opponents likewise trying to accomplish theirs. Is that is that sort of where I'm going with that? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, like, you know, for example, the, the VIP scenario, you know, mm-hmm. one side is, is, the, is the defender and, the, and they, they, get, they get the VIP added to their cast um, and they've got to try and basically not allow the attackers to kill that VIP. And so you know, so they're they're trying to hold off the enemy, and you know you, you can with it with the back to the countdown deck, um, you sort of draw one card each each turn. But if you're wanting to end the game, you can draw two cards to make the game end faster. Right. So you know it, it's you you sort of managing that time where you know you, you're making your opponent rush because he's got to, he's he's got to, he's got to get that VIP that you're you're stashing away and defending. And uh, he wants obviously to have as much time as possible, but you're trying to trying to burn that deck down so that the game ends and you know you achieve your your victory. But every time you burn two of those cards, for example, they both occur, right? So you are actually causing more random events, or if it's maybe in the third turn, more explosions and insanity. No, it, no, you don't. It, it, you basically you play the second card, ah, so okay. the first one gets burned. But, but what it does is it, it, you you have like a there's like a resource management called plot points, mm-hmm. which is what you use to activate your models, uh, roll extra dice, or use your special abilities. Um, but when you burn two cards, you both sort of gain extra plot points to to, to add to your pool. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there is a there is a cost and a consequence to it, but you yeah. know it, it does it does end the game quicker. Nice. I'm glad they they actually thought that through and it wasn't just, well, you know, one person can burn the deck out and the other person just suffers. Um, all right. Well, talk to us about plot points, um, because I feel like that is the resource management I was talking about earlier. And it's something that I'm still yeah. getting my head around. And you as an experienced player in this game would actually be able to explain well. So you get plot points um, depending on how many models you have in your cast um, and depending on what type yeah. they are. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. So if, you, if you, your main character, the star, you would, would give you two plot points mm-hmm. per turn. Your co-star would give you one. And then all your sort of your extras, you know, um, I think they're generated. You get one plot point per two extras okay. rounded up. 
So if you had seven seven extras, that you'd, you'd get four plot points for those. And then you use plot points to activate models over the course of a turn. Yeah, so yeah, so they, they generate at the start of each turn. So as models get you know killed off, you, you'll generate less plot points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, you, you use your plot points to, to activate your models. So usually it's one plot point per model. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about what characters you want to activate or you need to activate that turn. Um, and there, there are certain special effects that uh, your, your stars and co-stars have, like leader, or they have like psychic, which sort of mitigates the cost of some of the plot points. So mm. they, they get to activate some of your, your, your casts for free, in essence. And then, you know, there is there's a cast like the, the law and order one. Um you sort of you need you need to generate plot points because at some point you, you need to sort of charge in and start arresting people, um, but it's not something that you can do in one turn, and and that's that's where you, there's a you can got the option to call what they call steal the scene, mm-hmm. and basically you, you automatically take a, another another turn straight after yours, but you don't generate any plot points for your extras, only your stars and co-stars get it, um. so you sort of have to sort of build build your pool up, and then you sort of have that that double turn. Of, of attack and then uh, you know try and try and beat up and arrest people basically with the police yeah. but you're penalized for doing so because you're not accumulating as many plot points as you could so it's not like yeah. you know an age of sigmar you get a double turn and can you know do your activate your whole army and just by doing the math on this yes you get the co-star the co-stars points plot points and the stars plot points but you're not getting as many plot points um with your minions because you only get one plot point for every two minions. Now, some of those can, as you said, there are special rules that allow you to activate them sort of on mass for one plot point, but that doesn't always work. So there, I'm assuming there are situations where you don't activate things because you want to keep your plot points because you're also using them for defense. Is that right? Yeah. You, uh, no, you, well, you kind of, you, you can use a plot point. So basically you, you rolled your dice to make an attack and okay. then you can, if you, if you, if it's if you really want it to succeed, or it's you know it's it's a, a high defense model, then you can roll extra. You can use plot points to roll extra dice, oh. and then if you roll, you know, say if you roll a five, a four, and a, another five, then those extra dice that go over a four plus um, add an extra plus one, one to your score. So it gives you it gives you a, a better chance of sort of hitting high defense models. And your opponent can do, you know, likewise. He can roll extra, extra few plot points to roll extra defense dice because it's his main character and he doesn't want to lose it. Right. So he'll burn through some, burn through some of his plot points to save his character. Oh, nice. It, it sounds like there's a lot to this game. I mean, I've read the rules. They're not dense. They're, I mean, there's, there, it's not. No, like, no, it's all. Yeah, I mean, it's not four pages, but I mean, there, there's quite a few pages of them, but they read cleanly and well. Um, for someone who hasn't played the game yet, I think I have a fairly decent idea of how it works. Um, but just that interaction where you're trying to, you know, figure out, ooh, do I use an extra plot point to boost my role, or do I save it to activate more models, or do I save it to maybe, you know, boost the defense of a model, one of my key players that I need to accomplish something later in the game? Um, that all, I mean, just that level of thought and strategy um, seems to really give this game a lot of depth. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, and, and it's, it's one of those things where. It, you, you pick it up it's quite fluid so you know and 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 like a, like a tv show 
when you you know you're watching your favorite show not everybody in that show is on scene at the same time right so you know you, you'll focus on perhaps your minions for a turn and ignore your co-stars because they don't they're in the they're in position but they don't actually need to do anything that turn mm-hmm. so you can sort of switch between members of your cast as and when you need to that makes sense that makes sense nice all right cool well let's talk one of the other neat mechanics for the game that I, I actually like quite a lot, um, especially because um, I, I think it was put in mainly, maybe not, maybe because of Bond, maybe because of something else, but gadget cards. Um, now, they're an interesting mechanic. Yeah, so, go ahead. Yeah, so they're sort of like um, what you would probably call like wild cards. I mean, you know, they, they cover all sorts of, um, you know, like back to Bond. Mm-hmm. So you've got like a, a rocket pen, you know, a, a nerve gas canister mm-hmm. um all sorts of other random tools got jetpacks mm-hmm. climbing ropes and you know they're generated at the beginning of the game and they sort of give you, you know, wild card abilities that your your cast can can use um you know you can take certain extras like scientists uh, which which let you take more cards and then your stars and co-stars can use those throughout the game you know some of them some of them will have a plot point cost some of them are free, you know, there's things like medipacks and stuff like that. So it gives you a lot more um, yeah, action and action and randomness. Nice. And there's a, only certain characters. So there's, but that, okay, how do I say this? So there are certain characters that you can add to your cast that allow you to get additional, because you usually get a limited number of gadget cards. Um, yeah. But- so, so the way, the way, the way gadget cards are generated is for every car, star, and co-star you have in your cast, you can pick two cards at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. and then you, you get to choose half of those and keep half of those cards to play throughout the game. Mm. And then you have characters, um, you know, such as the scientists, or I think the evil mastermind's got gadget as well. Mm-hmm. And they basically every character you've got with the gadget effect lets you take one more card. Nice. So, you know, if you take a couple of scientists, you know, you'll, you'll probably, you know, the average player will probably have three gadgets. Mm-hmm. And then if you start adding in scientists, et cetera, you'll have like maybe five. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, and they aren't necessarily like something that you carry around, but they, they cause something to happen on the tabletop. Like the cards are named after particular items, but they allow models to do certain things. Like they get a bonus shooting attack or they get to fly for a turn as, as you were saying, for example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a clever mechanic to, um, and it's something that you could, um, adapt to other systems if you wanted to say, um, or sorry, different settings. If you wanted to have say someone had a superpower and you wanted to limit it, I think the game really does lend itself to, um, being stretched and adapt to fit uh, all sorts of different size canvases or frames, so to speak. Um, yeah. If, if my bad analogy holds. All right, cool. Uh, what are some of the What are some of the things that you like about Seven TV? For me, man, I, I, for me, I'm a big Spotify fan. So you know, the gadgets and everything are perfect. You know, I, I like I like being able to. Like things like Kingsman. Yeah, Kingsman's is it the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, great film. Yes. Um, that's one of my one of my projects. I really want to sort of do at some point. 
Um, you know, so it, 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 it's, it's just the, the breadth and scope. I've got, got that many different casts mm-hmm. sort of whizzing around my head that I want to do for it. It's just a case of uh, having the time and, and finding the, the models to do it. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I've already been looking at like, ooh, how do I make a resistance for the visitor, you know, for V? Hmm. Um, but, yeah. I've, but I've seen that you've gone in, I mean, and they, they do have um, program guides that come out, which are expansions to this game that, you know, expand the universe. And we've talked about some of the fan-made ones, but then there's also the Ghostbusters one. Um, there's one called Shiva, which is um, sort of like the evil criminal uh, organization. Um sort of not culty sort of thing. And then there's Department X, which is sort of like, you know, um, when things go bump in the night, they bump back sort of plus the Doctor Who British military special forces cast. But then there's also, um, what is it? Not Children of the Corn. Children of the Fields, I think, is the expansion. Children of the Fields. Yeah, that's very much like your folklore horror um sort of tropes so you've got like perhaps like the village of the damned mm-hmm. um the, the, the wicker man where you've got you know the the strange village where everyone's very close and you know they're very funny about outsiders um you know that one that one that, that's quite a good program guide to get actually because it, it, it sort of changes the, the gadget card deck around a bit in that one they introduced um arcana which is like magic and witchcraft and that sort of stuff so that that changes the the game up a bit so you know you've got different different events different stuff going on with that nice now i guess that does beg the question um given that the game can go in so many different ways and i mean theoretically you could end up if you were playing a mate and they happen to be working on a cast and you happen to be working on a cast that you could have, for example, circa 1980s, um, pre-cartoon teenage mutant Ninja Turtles battling, um, the children of the corn, um, or Scooby-Doo versus Knight Rider. Um, do things, I, I know that sometimes um, when games sort of go in different directions and try and cover a lot of themes, um, power level blows out a little bit. Um, is that something this game suffers from, or does it do a good job of sort of um, applying it evenly across? I think, it, I really, I think the, the way they're, they're very good at balancing things out. So, um, I mean, the, the 7 TV day that went to last, there was quite a wide variety of cast. There was like an army cast. Somebody bought um, a Planet of the Apes cast. Nice. I took the children. I, I took the children of the fields out. So I, I, I there was a, a huge straw man model, mm-hmm. uh, which you know basically like a, a, an animated construct that sort of defends the village. So I, I took a cast focus around that, and you know it, it was yes, he was quite tough to be, but in my first game of him being used, he was took down by um, a gadget card and, and then a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's always there's always ways of 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 taking, you know, big models down. As mm-hmm. such, you know, it's one of those one of those games. I, I personally think it's one of the one of the one of the best balance games out there. Nice. I mean, I mean, you can you can probably make if you're making your own characters, you probably can create quite tough, hard things. That's the only yeah thing. But that you know, but if you're creating that character, really, you need to give your opponent 
something that can counter that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that'd be more, that'd be, yeah, you know, back to the G.I. Joe, I'd, I've got no idea really how to do Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow because right? they're just, yeah. <laughs> they're like way, way, way too powerful, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, literally in the comic book, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow took on the entirety of Cobra Island by themselves. And sure, yeah, spoilers, yeah, exactly. Storm Shadow gets shot and quote-unquote killed. But um, yeah, really? <laughs> okay, um, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to put them on the tabletop. Uh, look, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm going to paint a Snake Eyes. Whether or not I'm going to put them on the table <laughs> is another thing entirely. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah. The, the the lore around Snake Eyes does get ridiculous, um, you know, as the series progresses. But if you wanted to go early Snake Eyes and just run him as a quote unquote ninja and then it pay to upgrade his gun to give him an SMG, I don't know what that does in the rules, but that would, you know, that seems to work for me yeah, otherwise. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the things, a lot of the characters, it's like anything. They, they give you the tools. You, you could just rename things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because I think I'm pretty sure that the, the ninja gets like um, like throwing stars, which are like a template weapon anyway. So yeah, there you go. Really, you, you know, there you go. There's your SMG. Yeah. Boom. Done. Easy. And uh, everything's yeah. done for you. Although, if you're looking for super snake eyes, that that may not be the right. That may not be the right one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd be tempted to go for like the action hero sort of card yeah. for that one. You know, it's very combat orientated character. You know, that would be spot on for Snake Eyes, really. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, now that you mention just, you, it, you just we just you just rename his rename his abilities. Yeah, but just uh, to just to fit the character. So let's talk a little bit about that because there's sort of tropes. Um, I'm forgetting the uh, genres. Um, so there are the, whatever your stars are, they give you access to certain um, sort of genres that you can then pick from. Is that right? Yeah. So so in, in like the program grade, like you mentioned, Shiva, you're sort of you're restricted to being like a, to taking extras and stars that are, that are part of the Shiva cast so it, it basically it stops you from taking all, all the powerful stuff from out of all the profiles and right. tuning it into one so when you play like a generic game what you would do is you would pick your um, say your action hero and roughly from memory he's got three symbols at the bottom of his card yeah. so I think he's got the civilian the military and I think maybe the secret um, generous. Basically, that means the rest of your cast can then be picked from their profiles with that symbol on. So, obviously, your police will be like law and civilian. Mm-hmm. So, it lets you take policemen, bright police. You know, um, you know, military obviously lets you take soldiers and and all the sort of associated profiles with that that sort of card on. Yeah, I I gotta say, I'm really excited. What I'm glad you brought up law because I haven't mentioned that yet. One of the things I'm looking forward to to messing around with this game is um, you know, you can get like Dirty Harry. You can get Chow Yun-Fat from Hard-Blooded on the table um, and have them fighting against, you know, crime syndicates and drug runners. Uh, you can have Crockett and Tubbs on the table for crying out loud. Like there's just so many... Yeah. Um, so many shows, movies that I loved in my younger days that I'm like, wait, I can I can put that on the tabletop. I can put Dirty Harry on the tabletop. Hell yeah, Callahan, yeah, give it to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, things like Dukes of Hazard, the A Team, yeah. um, you know, 
Street Hawk, all those sort mm-hmm. of like classics, like 70s and 80s shows that we grew up as kids. You know, even even Magnum to, to some extent. You know, mm-hmm. if you want, if you could get the models, you could you could do it. <laughs> so yeah. And there's even a sports car profile for the Ferrari. So, I mean, I guess that's one thing we yeah, haven't yeah. talked about. We keep talking about the characters, but you can have vehicles in this game, too. I mean, I have already have the profile for a Hiss tank from someone who went back to do um, the, uh, the, the Red Shadows. They did a Red Shadows cast guide that you can build lists out of. And, of course, the Hyena tank yeah. is a Hiss tank. So I'm going, yes, Hiss tank. Thank yeah. you. Already done. Yeah, I mean the vehicles in, in the sort of core rules. There's there are some that have that have abilities like like a, I think the X tracking department X has got some weapon systems, but for most part, really they're they're sort of like a a, a delivery tool for your cast. Mm-hmm. So they're a way of getting around the board quicker. Um, the law, their police work, vehicles work a bit differently because if you if you take like a, a, a British police force, um, you know, they don't have any guns; they just have like truncheons. Right. Um, they, they they can use their they've got like an arrest ability, but they need to have a, a police car or a, a police van within a certain radius to be able to use that rule. That's so great. you know. And it, it's phased away, you know, you can't just jump out of a car and attack straight away. You, you sort of, your characters get out of the vehicle at the end of the turn. So this is where I'll come back to the, the steed in the scene. So mm-hmm. you, you would sort of look, whiz your right, right van across the table, jump your police out, and then steal the scene. And then you would then, you know, attack and then try and arrest as many people as you can before before retribution comes back your way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and in the same way, I, I imagine the, uh, for example, the the cast from Scooby Doo jumping out of the Mystery Machine, um, and you know, again, A Team jumping out of the A Team van, or the Ghostbusters jumping out of Ecto One, and there's just so many iconic vehicles. Dukes of Hazard with General Lee, you know, just all of these vehicles. Yeah, and they exist. You can get them. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. Oh, that's it. It's it's making my wallet hurt just thinking about it, Simon. <laughs> well, the, the the apocalypse rules changes things up a bit because obviously one of the main sort of things in post apocalypse is, is is obviously like the Mad Max um, road yes. races and stuff. So for that, for that, they had to change the the way vehicles not so much work, but how they're used as a, as like an offensive type vehicle. Yeah. Um, you know, and the post bucket was quite cool because they, they sort of like give you sort of five again, like you know, five arch types. So you've got five types of vehicles. So you've got buggies, bikes, uh, I think trucks, and then big rigs, and then mm. one more, I think. Um, and then you've got like mod cards, so you can then upgrade them. So you can give them faster engines that can carry more people mm. or weapon systems, all sorts of you know, anything, anything you could think of. Um, and then they basically got special rules for how they, how they, how they attacked, attack and then things like that. So that that's all, all really cool. And I'm actually, I'm probably more excited for the rules for that. Um, and then changing it back to like, you know, obviously James Bond's cars where, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a bulletproof mass. So I'm, I'm hoping at some point they, they sort of return back to the Spyfy side of it and upgrade the rules yeah. for vehicles for that because I think that'd be so cool. So the the apocalypse rules are different than the regular spy fi rules. Only only the vehicle part of the rules that you know all the sort of like uh, infantry you know your heroes co-stars extras they're all backwards compatible. All right, it's, cool. only, it's only it's only just the vehicle rules that they've had to sort of change just to reflect that 
this this genre a bit more just give it a bit more flavor yeah oh that's cool yeah i'm very very excited to get this on the tabletop uh and uh, you know the other night i was thinking ah i wonder what i have that fits this game and of course um thanks to patch i have beautifully painted star wars legion models that i'm like well if i don't feel like playing star wars legion these work brilliantly for 7tv um or I have countless bolt action armies. Um, and I was looking at all of these, you know, Chinese um, civilians that you could use um, that I've used as, you know, uh, militia in my bolt action armies. That all of a sudden, no, that's that's a perfect cast, um, and it even has the characters yeah, yeah, in exactly, it built in. Exactly. And all you need, yes. you could even paint like a, I don't know, some Fu Manchu Doctor No like Bond villain. Um, and then you would have a, maybe not something that was ever shown in a movie or a book, but you could easily imagine, you know, here is a circa 1960s, uh, circa 1970s, um, sort of, you know, maybe a little stereotype, stereotypey, awful um, Bond cast, you know, villain cast, but bang, done. Um, and then all I need to do is paint up a James Bond model and maybe you know, um, a beautiful Bond girl to go on his arm or a Felix Leiter model and then add him to my existing bolt action Americans. And it would be like James Bond at the end of Goldfinger, um, you know, going at Fort Knox, you know, being supported by U.S. troops and just looking at these things that I already have going, oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, and it just it just opens up so many different and there's so many manufacturers for cool one-off or you know hassle-free has so many models for like snake pliskin or cobra commander or yeah. you know you name it man there's everything you want is out there and all of a sudden these are the rules to allow you to put them on the table it's cool right yeah i mean i mean i mean that's what's the great thing about seven tvs there's, there's no they don't they don't that, that, that's what the game doesn't come with any models in the box because yeah. you know it, it, it lets you use anything in your collection or anything that you feel like you want to you know oh, I, i've seen this great model i want to buy it but i'm not going to really going to play with it and it just gives you that choice to you know throw a strange mix of characters you know make up a background story for for that mm -hmm. for that cast and then that's it you can play a game with it yeah, I was talking with um, Drew, I think it was on the last podcast, it may have been off air, but we were talking about how G.I. Joe and Mask um, are now, in the comics, like there's been a comic where the two of them sort of hang out together, um, and you know how funny that is, but then you could easily do that with this rule set. All you need is like a Matt Tracker yeah. uh, model and you even could get a sports car to stick them in or something like that. Um, and you could use a gadget card for the mask. And then you have the GI Joe guys with him. And it just, it really yeah. does, you know, make it interesting and weird and funny. And, you know, go, Ooh, I could sculpt a mask, one of those old giant helmets onto an existing scientist model or someone in a jumpsuit, I could do that. Um, and it just, again, just the creativity goes bonkers. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's one big thing about the back to the GI Joe's is I've, I've enjoyed sort of like browsing around looking for, um, you know, models to use to mm. create the famous Joe's because they've got a lot, of the, especially Cobra. There's such a lot of strange helmet yes. designs that you you go through. You know, I've been looking through, uh, you know, Gates of Antares. Mm -hmm. um, you know games and figures just to try and find stuff that match up with cobra characters mm -hmm. um i mean there was there was a great 
collection of um i think it was i think cp models own them now but there was there was i think it was andrew may sculpted a load of like um, victorian science fiction characters but he did loads of different sort of like uh steampunk style heads mm. and quite a lot of those you know with a bit of modification they but they work so well for like cobra characters yeah. uh you know and things like that i mean actually thinking thinking about it back to matt your mask idea mm-hmm. some of those would be spot on because totally. you could just you know yeah love it and then you could easily get um you know, just because they sell those 160 whatever or 140 whatever um, die cast cars, and you can usually get, you know, if you look in the right places like eBay, you can get them pretty cheap. You could get a big rig uh, and put it in the middle of your table, paint it purple and call it the Rhino, and you have terrain already. You don't even need to use it as a vehicle. It would be huge in line blocking. Um, or likewise, Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, man. Um, that could be your yeah, yeah. your MacGuffin, your major objective that you need to capture in the game. Um, and the Wing Chun are trying to, or the Storms are trying to stop them. Um, there's just so many different, you know, movies, story ideas that jump in my head when I start looking at this going, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh yeah. So I think I just need to narrow it down to one thing to play a couple of games, get my head around it and then go wild. Cause I think there's just a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. as you say though, you could probably paint up a cast in a week or two. If you are painting at the speed that you and I paint, um, it's, you don't need tons of models for this, right? No, no well, yeah, yeah. Talking probably maximum 10, 15 figures total. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's quite easily achievable in a, in a month. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Oh, and just, yeah, again, the terrain that goes with it, if you have a three by three table, that's a lot less terrain than a four by six. And I'm just looking at my existing terrain going, yep, perfect. No problem. Got this. Um, it just, it, this game's calling to me on a lot of levels. I need to play it. Um, uh, any 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 tips for new beginners or for people who might be interested in this game and haven't played it yet, um, uh, who might go out and pick um, it up? Yeah, I mean, really, like, start small, have a little play around with the rules, and you know, get yourself familiar with how you know it's, it's mainly timings. So that you know, when when do I use that gadget card, or you know, when do I need to use that that sort of stars special effect? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's, there's 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 ways they interact, but you know, like like anything with experience, you, you think, oh, actually, that, that interacts really cool, and you know, it's sort of setting up the ideal conditions for things to happen. Nice, cool. Well, as you said, um, you can get the rules from the the website of the company that makes this, and that's Crooked Dice. Um, so Crooked yep. Dice Miniatures, um, I believe is what they're called, or Crooked Dice Productions. Um, they make 7TV. Uh, but when you buy, and I bought the, the, the core game. I wanted to support the company, so I went out and bought the core game. It comes with two giant stacks of character cards, and I mean giant stacks. Um, so you get each archetype has, so I'm holding the minion card in my hand because I love minions. Um, and I don't mean like Gru or Despicable Me minions. I mean like (laughs) dudes in cruddy jumpsuits from, you know, Moonraker with stupid hats on those kind of minions. Um, and it's, so you get stats, um, on the front, um, and for the model itself. So fight, shoot, defense, 
mind, body, spirit, um, a list of what special rules that model might have, a list of what weapons and um, what the effects of those weapons are. And a, you get, I mean, a minion can take a pistol or a rifle or a submachine gun. Tells you what factions can use it and what health and what its cost is, points-wise. But then on the back, it explains what all the special rules are. So, I mean, this is a really yeah. handy way of doing it if you lay all the cards out at the bottom. I mean, it's something that we see in, like, Star Wars Legion and Malifaux and stuff like that. Games like that where you, I mean, even X-Wing, where you have these little cards at the bottom for quick reference. But um, I love the way this goes. I mean, you don't need to play it like that. Um so it comes with that. It also comes with, of course, the countdown cards, gadget cards. Comes with a lot of dice encounters, and including a little pewter television um, yeah. for the MacGuffin, um, which I think is awesome. And uh, yeah, yep. Go ahead. Sorry, I feel like I'm cutting you off there. Go ahead. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's, okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah that's and then that's, you get um, like 150. Yeah. <laughs> There's a million of them. Um, but then you also get um, the producer's guide and the director's guide for the game, which you know basically lay out the rules and um, how to create your crews. And then you get a giant um, template, a giant acrylic template that is really cool that you know for all the different weapons in the game, which I think is really rad. Um, but no models, as you say. Um, there's a deal that if you buy it through their website, you get a discount on um, a couple of their... Um, pre-made boxes of casts um, that you can get, you know, a discount. And I was like, oh, no, I got a bunch of models. I don't need to do that. And then 15 minutes later, I went back and ordered models and kicked myself for not taking advantage <laughs> of that deal. And I was like, oh, why did I do that? But um, for those of you who don't want to spend the money on all of the extra stuff, you can actually download the basic game itself with all all of the character cards for the basic spy-fi game, which allows you to play tons of stuff. Um, all of these character cards for villains and for heroes are free on the on their website. You can literally just download them. Yep. Um, and they're really yep, nice. So if you fancy trying it. Yeah. And it's not a beta. It's not a limited rule set. You're not missing part of the, the rules. They're all there. Um, and then yep, if it's you... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's the complete the complete rule set. So you know, you print it off. You know, make your cards up. You're ready to go. Give it a try. Yeah. And then, if you want to add, you know, Shiva models, if you want to have, you know, thuggy cultists backed up with ninjas supporting this criminal mastermind against, you know, some against your opponent, you can buy that um, expansion for I think seven pounds. Um, if you want to get the yeah. the PDF, it's wonderful for that. I mean, I mean, I mean. The good thing that is, they they do the card pack separately. So for like the Shiva cash, you can just buy the cards for like I think they're like about three or four pound. Mm. And really, because you've got the core rules already, all the other rules are on on the cards themselves. Yeah. So the the program the program guys, yes, they've got the cards sort of built in with them. But you know, you just get the background. And I think some some of the guides might have um, scenarios that are themed mm. around that cast to, to try out. So, you know, it gives you lot of options. And, of course, as we've talked about several times, while you are looking at those rules, um, and there's there's a bunch of different guides. There's tons of stuff. There's there's zombie stuff. There's um, oh, Sinbad the Sailor. Um, there's, the, there's, there's just tons of different things to look at. Some of it's made by the company. Some of it's fan-produced that the company is sort of 
uh, tightened up and made pretty and made available on their website. Quite a few of them are free, which is great. Um, apparently, Simon's beating something to death in the background. Um, no, my, my, my neighbor is just wanting to, to hammer something on the wall. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm kidding. Sorry. Um, so that's there. Um, but also on the website, they have, as I said, tons of models. And what I love about this is you can buy them in boxes. But unlike a lot of companies that make you buy the models in units, um, yes, you can buy them in little groups, and you can often get a discount for that. But you can buy each and every model individually. So if you want the James Bond henchman Jaws, and you want to get the Blofeld model with the cat, but then you want to get the Sean Connery Bond, but you don't want to buy all the associated other models that go with those, you can buy those three models. You want to yes. get you want to get a scuba diver with that? No problem. We got it. You want to get a giant shark to go with that? We got that too. And you just go, cool. I want to get Michael Knight and Mork from Mork and Mindy. And we're done. You know, sweet. Hit ship. And then the next time I get something, I'll get, you know, some army dudes or some African um, modern warlord and his soldiers and a Range Rover. No problem. And you just look, this is like a really weird, eclectic mix of models, but they're all beautifully sculpted and available for you to grab. Well, before the you know the hammering gets us, <laughs> and we should probably <laughs> not have a podcast with carpentry going on. Um, let's let's quickly talk um, it, while he's taking a break about um, anything else. So, I, I'm really impressed with the website. I'm really impressed. I've been speaking with um, some people from the company. Um, they be really friendly guys, um, and. I'm just really impressed with the game itself, the models, everything, the quality of everything I've seen so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the production values wise as well. The, the crooked dice stuff is it's, it's the, the you know they, even then it's like the card stock. Yeah, right. You know, the, the acrylic to- the, the tokens they're really good quality, and, and for and for the money, I, 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 you know, you know, you pick up some products from other other places at a similar price, and they're just they're just amazing. Yeah. And the pictures, I mean, they, they 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 just have tons of photos of their own models throughout the books. But the backgrounds are beautiful. The the quality of the photo is astounding, and the paint jobs are wonderful. Um, I don't know who's in their studio, but God, he's a good painter or she's a good painter. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's um, it's it's a, a solo guy called I think it's Stone Cold Lead. I think he's, he's, he's his painting handle, but he, he does a lot of the painting for them. And yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah, it just really sells the game and the models and the fact that they're, I mean, as you say, the production quality on the books is fantastic. Now, when I first downloaded the rules, I was like, oh, these are, you know, they're good. But because I hadn't, they, they cut out a lot of the color in the free download, um, because not because they're trying to, you know, cheapen it, so if you photocopy it, it doesn't kill your budget, which I thought was really yeah. a nice touch. Um, yeah, really, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but when I actually opened the actual rule book, it was like, oh my god, all the colors in the rainbow. This is awesome. Um, and so yeah. I, again, I, I think that's a really nice touch that they they actually thought. Well, if you're gonna get this, you might want to print it, and if you're gonna print it, we don't want to kill your budget or your printing cartridges. So um, yeah will minimize the color on that. But there's little splashes of color throughout 
um, where necessary. And I just thought that was cool. I mean, it, clearly a lot of thought has gone into this rule set um, and just the production of everything. Yeah, and, and the guys behind it as well. They're, they're very, um, you know, very interactive with the community. So, you know, rules question or sometimes, you know, things aren't quite clear for, for the occasional effect or something like that. And they're, they're spot on with, you know, they're on, they're on Facebook or you can email them. Yeah. And they'll, and they'll come back to you, you know, with, you know, what you need to know. Yeah. I'm going to have to see if I can get those guys on the cast at some point, because I would love just to sit down and, uh, yeah, talk. I mean, clearly they, whoever has been doing this, um, has so much thought has been put into it and continues to be put into it. Someone is clearly at the helm steering this ship. It's not like, you know, they hired someone, they did the game and then walked away. Um, this is a, a game that has been continually supported for years and this is its second edition. And, you know, the apocalypse isn't a third edition, but I'm sure it, it will again add. It's yeah. It's, it's more like a, a 2.2 because, because really it, it's the, when when they bring out the the new program guys, you, you tend to find that they, you know, like I think the apocalypse one as well. I think he's got a different countdown deck, but but more so not not to replace the first one, but only because it's more themed towards yeah. like the apocalypse. So you know, there's there's things that are like are in the standard core set that really that, that wouldn't make sense to have. You know, in, you know, if you're if you're playing in your like a Mad Max one where resources are you know. Uh, uh, restricted then it wouldn't make sense to have you know what i mean yeah Rocket absolutely and jump packs and stuff so so they've, they've sort of themed it around you know all those post-apocalyptic tropes and i mean i keep going about mad max but you know but really it covers zombies it covers vampires yeah. it covers it covers everything you know so you think of like the, was it the omega man uh you know all those 70s mm-hmm. um you know, B well, well, B movie type film. So you got you know, mutated ants. Um, yes. You know, the hills have the hills have eyes. So you've got mute, you know, mutants. Mm-hmm. It's got all those all those sort of characters because I think again that's that's another big chunk. I think it's like hundred another hundred and ten profiles it adds to the core set. Awesome. So you get so you're getting a lot more a lot more choice. And I think next year, I think next summer, um, I think they are working on. With, as a, as, I think it's like a university project. Actually, they've got some university students who do like media and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're actually producing a pulp theme set, mm-hmm. so I'm really excited for that as well because that, like that again is going to give us a lot more profiles, characters, you mm-hmm. know, theme theme stuff to choose from. So you know, like, you know, yeah, every 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 new release just gives you more choice. That gives me a massive smile on my face. Given the massive number of models that I could use for a pulp rule set, that would be awesome that, that I could just cherry pick out of my collection this second um, and just, you know, yeah. throw down the character cards, throw down the extras cards, and then just get playing. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I, I think uh, watch this space, kids. I think I'm definitely going to be playing the hell out of this game. It looks too good not to. Um, I just need to find some folks yeah, I mean, to play I mean, with. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's becoming perhaps becoming my my go-to rule set for everything. Um, you know, I, I, post-apocalyptic was you know I've, 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 I've tried five or six different rule sets and I mm-hmm. enjoy them all, but you know having this as added to the seven TV game now just gives me one less thing to think about. You know, I know the, the rules quite well, mm-hmm. so I can just get on with 
choosing my characters and playing whatever I want to play with it. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, oh, all right. We'll have to talk about this more offline and possibly on air again. Um, Simon, thank you so yeah. much for coming on, man. It is a pleasure to talk shop with you. Um, again, let's remind the folks, where can they find your blog? Because you've got some great battle reports on there and all of your awesome painted models are on there too. Tell us again. Yeah, that is Brummies Wargaming Blogspot.com. And that was B-R-U-M-M-I-E-S, because I'm a terrible speller, and if someone yes. hadn't spelled it out for me, I would have struggled. Um, but yeah, no, man. And if you want to see Simon's awesome uh, G.I. Joe stuff, or you want to see his, you know, schoolgirl cast, um, you know, battle their way past um, the children of the fields, man, there's just so many awesome models on your blog i i've literally spent hours um just flicking through and reading the stuff you've written up it's just awesome thank you for putting that out man because as a consumer of blogs i am loving it so good thank you no worries yeah, well, it's a, yeah. I, 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 I use it as an inspiration to to make myself paint stuff as well as well more than anything more than document things yeah i hear that man and it's a wonderful um community point i mean every time you post something you have a ton of people commenting on it that you respond with um you're one of the most uh responsive bloggers i follow um and that's just awesome, man. I love that you do that because I go back to my blog every now and then and go, oh, crap, I have like five messages that have been sitting there for six months um, only because I don't <laughs> use my blog very often these days. You know, Facebook, I'm responding constantly to my sort of Facebook hobby blog, I guess you want to say it. But your, your actual blogger account, you are constantly interacting with folks, which is just awesome, man. Yeah, I think I think I follow like yourself. I follow a great deal of blogs as well, and I try and comment and engage with as many people as I can. Mm. Just just because, like you say, it's it's a great community. I mean, Facebook's good, mm -hmm. but I think you know I, I, when I when I try to set it on my own page, I, I found it wasn't very good to sort of keep track of things. Yeah. So I kind of stepped away from that a bit. Um, you know, it might, it might be something I'll return to in the future when I when I've got more time. Totally. To think about it a bit more. Yeah, it's very fire and forget, isn't it? Facebook, you sort of throw it out yeah. there, get fish for some likes, and then it disappears. And if people want to scroll back through, they can. But um, with a blog, you can set up that index on the side and say, oh, you want to see my G.I. Joe post? Bang, here you go. You want to see the things I've sculpted? Yeah. Bang, here you go. Um, and it just helps really help navigate, and people can really very easily find stuff. And, yeah, I think Blogger is just a wonderful computer program as it is. So... I think um, I'm just gonna have to maybe over Christmas I'll get it up because I've been I've been threatening to put out yeah. profiles for GI Joe vehicles for Bolt Action and I think Blogger would be perfect for that and I don't want to put them out on Facebook um, and I've got most of the stuff written down I just need to do some play testing I think at this point but things I want to do over Christmas break add to the list yeah uh, but yeah. anyway. Well, uh, the, the very next thing that I actually want to quickly touch on before I roll out is um, a year ago when this particular version of this podcast came out. I mean, the LRDG2 was on for quite a while, and the LRDG and the Ghost Army, and I was on a bunch of podcasts before that. Um, but Cast Ice has really been my show, and I guess in the last couple of episodes, I've spent a little bit of time thanking people for listening. Um, we've just hit our first full year of cast ice being its own thing. Um, and again, uh, if you're listening, 
I know that podcasts don't necessarily cost anything, but um, God, time, as we've talked about earlier on this particular episode, time is <laughs> time is money. Uh, time is valuable. And if you're listening yeah. to this, you've taken the time to listen, especially if you've gotten to the end of the episode. So again, I have to thank you for listening. It is appreciated. And to those people who've been messaging me through my Facebook page, um, and giving me feedback about episodes, um, both for the Warlord cast or for Cast Dice. Thank you very much. Um, it, it, it is wonderful to hear from you. Um, I do take on all criticism. I do take on all um, compliments grudgingly. Um, and, you know, funny how that works. But it is appreciated. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time. But one of the things I talked about, besides doing occasional off-gaming episodes like I did recently with having uh, Jared Albrecht on to talk about um, Never Say Never Again and James Bond in general, um, I will continue to do off-topic episodes. I think we might even start talking about Cast Dice Theater and talking about particular movies because the feedback from that episode was out overwhelming and I really enjoyed doing it, so I'd love to do it more. Um, but the other thing that I promised when, this, when Cast Dice kicked off um, was that I really wanted to start doing video casting, not necessarily of me talking, because who wants to look at me? Um, I've got a face for radio, kids. But um, seriously, I, I want to start recording the games. I mean, it's one thing to talk about the games. It's another person to show. Uh, it's another thing to show people how we play these games um, and the games that we play. So I, I would like to start doing game casts. Um, and as of today, the equipment now exists to, to, to properly make that happen. Um, I had all the cameras and the microphones, but the hardware just wasn't up to snuff. But as of today, that should be remedied. So hopefully, um, number one on the list for Christmas is to um, get everything up and running. I even have a room now set up and dedicated. I'm going to hard mount a camera in the ceiling, which sounds weird. But um, yeah, we'll get there. Looking forward to having more content for you guys soon, and I hope you guys enjoy it. But um, anyway, I think um, as my dog runs in the room and jumps into my lap, I think that's uh, my cue to say goodnight. So, Simon, I have to say thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Anytime, brother, anytime. And um, thank you all for listening. So without further ado, when you are playing the games that we love, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than anything else, I hope you have fun. This is Cast Dice saying good night.
on the tear.